Today is the first Sunday after the Epiphany, the day we remember the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. I spent a lot of time thinking about baptism this week and its importance in our lives as Christians. One of my favorite Bible stories ends with a baptism. Remember Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch? In Acts chapter 8, Philip comes upon the Ethiopian eunuch reading a scroll from Isaiah, a passage about the suffering servant. Philip explains the scripture and shares the good news about Jesus. And no doubt the topic of baptism comes up because when they come to water, the Ethiopian says, look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? And Philip baptizes him. That's it. That's all we need. The good news and water. If you look closely at the descriptions of baptism in the Bible, there really are no specifics. Maybe that's why there are so many different ways to be baptized. Sprinkling, pouring, full-on dunking. Baptism can be done by just about anyone, even in cases of an emergency. We can't know exactly how baptism was accomplished in the first century, but we can faithfully recreate it. But it's not so much how we accomplish the act of baptism. It's more about what God is accomplishing in the act of baptism. More on that in a minute. Deacon Linda and I are taking part in a year-long study sponsored by the Seminary of the Southwest and their Iona program in which we learn about spiritual formation practices. We're in small groups or cohorts and we meet through video conferencing every two weeks. We usually start each meeting with a puzzle offered by someone in the group. A puzzle may be anything related to our work as clergy, to our interaction with our parishioners, or to our work in the wider world. Once the puzzle has been explained, the group goes to the scriptures to find rhymes to the puzzle. We're not seeking to fix the problem or the issue, but just finding scripture that parallels or mirrors or rhymes with it as a way of assisting the person with the puzzle in thinking about it. This method is rooted in Mark Twain's quote, history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. And as I read today's gospel, the story of Jesus' baptism, I heard two rhymes. Not so much from scripture, but from our Book of Common Prayer. 
When Jesus comes to John to be baptized, John resists and says, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? And Jesus, in his wonderfully non-anxious way, replies, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. In Jesus' reply, I hear the end of Sursum Corda, that little bit we say at the beginning of the Eucharistic prayer, the Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right. The right one version says it is meet and right so to do. That phrase, meet and right, literally means proper. In ancient religious usage, righteousness meant and still does mean to seek or follow God's will. Jesus must be baptized by John because it is a public manifestation of his right relationship with God as a human being. Jesus does what his followers will be called to do. And then at the end of the passage, the voice from heaven, powerful and full of majesty, is heard saying, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. My mind instantly goes to the end of the baptismal rite when the bishop or priest lays on hands, makes the sign of the cross with the blessed chrism or holy oil and says, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. This is what God accomplishes in baptism. No matter what form it takes, the establishment of an indissoluble covenant that's what the rubrics or the instructions in the Book of Common Prayer say. The bond which God establishes in baptism is indissoluble. It's indissoluble. That means it is permanent and nobody can take it away or break it. What does that covenant really mean for us? It means that Upon our baptism, we are made members of Christ's body and we become inheritors of the kingdom of heaven. And I know this because it's written on my baptismal certificate, which I have taped inside of the front of my grandmother's prayer book. It's the one I use at home. Now the prayer book was this version that we use goes back to 1979. She died in 1982. So this book is 40 years old. <laughs> and it's very dear to me. Baptism is also communal. It's relational. Because the church, we, promise to uphold the newly baptized and do all in our power to support them in their life in Christ. 
Baptism binds us all together in our life in Christ. In a few minutes, we will renew our baptismal vows and be sprinkled with holy water as a reminder of the indissolubility of that covenant made by God. Of course, baptism is a sacrament, an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace given by Christ as sure and certain means for receiving God's grace. The water, of course, is symbolic of our original baptism, but the rosemary sprig that we use to sprinkle the water is historically symbolic of remembrance. There's another rhyme. In the sacrament of the Eucharist, Christ tells us to do this in remembrance of me. That word remembrance is from the Greek, it's kind of a hard word to say, anamnesis, but it means not to forget. It is proper, it is meet and right that we do these things, both baptism and the renewal of baptismal vows because sometimes we do forget who we are and we forget who others are. God created us all and God claims all people as his beloved children. Even those we sometimes don't see in that way, those who are homeless, those who are dishonest or cruel, those who are just annoying or difficult, those who think differently than we do, the problems we face, the events swirling around us, the fears that exist between us make it hard to know what to do or how to act. If we can remember to whom we belong, and with apologies to the Disney movie Frozen 2, just do the next right thing. We can't go wrong. If you have been baptized, and I think most of you have, I encourage you to really think about the vows that you are renewing and to be comforted in the freedom they give you to live your life as a child of God. Freedom that comes from knowing that you are part of an indissoluble covenant with God that can't be broken by anyone or anything in this crazy world. Let the sprinkles that fall on you refresh your spirit for living as Christ's sister or brother in the world. And if you haven't been baptized, just open yourself to the experience and think about it. Be open to the Holy Spirit. Hear the good news. We have the water. If you want to know more, come see us. Amen.